What's up, y'all? How y'all doing today? Good. Um, massive thank you for uh, letting me be here, guys. Um, David, your friendship means the world to me, man. Uh, I remember when the Lord started unfolding things for you to end up being the family pastor and how incredibly excited I was to see you step into that role, man. So thank you for letting me be here, man. Students, I hope you guys know that you have a family pastor that deeply loves you and is in constant prayer for you all and an amazing leadership team. Jacob, your fifth grade teachers that had no clue what they were talking about, bro. You have incredible leadership, man. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> Um, thank you guys for letting me be here. I'm very excited to be here with you guys. I've been praying about this since I got asked. Um, I love speaking to students. One, that's where I got my start in ministry. I was a student pastor for several years. Uh, two, I find it very exciting the stage of life that you guys are in right now. You guys have your whole life ahead of you and even better you are right now experiencing, and you might not agree with me, but it's true, the most freedom you will ever have. As more time passes by, more responsibilities will come your way, and you will see your time restricted more and more and more. I remember being 20 years of age and being caught up in the spirit till 4 a.m., like pursuing the Lord. I can't do that anymore. I have an eight-year-old kid that will wake me up in three hours. But you can. Right now, you have an incredible level of freedom to pursue the Lord. And I just, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you to seek Him in this time because you will look back later on in life and go, oh man, I remember when I had that. I remember when I had the ability to stay up till 3 a.m. praying in the presence of God. I remember when I could call up my friends and say, let's go to Nashville and preach to some strangers. Like, I remember those days. Right now, you have an incredible level of freedom that you will never have again. Use it to pursue the Lord. Use it to seek after God. Everybody else will fight for that time. The world will fight and demand your attention. The world will fight and tell you that, no, actually, academics should be what should be using that time. Actually, your career should be was using up that time. The Lord should be the one using up that time because he promised us that if we seek him first, everything else will be added. This time, this moment in life that you have, seize it. Recognize it for what it is and seek after God. That's not at all what I'm preaching about today. <laughs> Sorry about that. I just, uh, while we were in worship, I really felt the Lord wanted me to communicate that to you guys. Um, if we haven't met, I'm Emmanuel Escobar. I'm the discipleship pastor here at Beach, been here for a little bit over two years now, and I am loving life. Florida's a pretty dope state. I really enjoy it. Uh, today we're continuing your series, Let Love Lead. Specifically, what we are going to talk about is how you can grow in your faith and in your leadership through serving. 
Specifically, what we're going to talk about is how God uses serving and thinking of others as the mode of transportation to propel your leadership and propel who you are in Christ. Many people see serving as a thing that you do once you're mature in God. Oh, once I've been in life groups, once I've been in church enough, once I know enough Bible studies, then I can go to Jamaica, then I can go serve, then I can go tell people about Jesus because I actually know what I'm talking about. This is one of the biggest lies of the enemy, to try to tell you that somehow you can be prepared enough to share the kingdom of God with somebody else. You cannot. It is the presence of God through you that does that for people. All he needs you to do is to be willing to activate that and serve. To love people more than you. I understood that. Uh, I'll share a story with you guys later on today. But I understood that when I had a mentor that told me, Emmanuel, and bear with me, he told me, you need to lead with sweat. And I was like, gross. What are you talking about? This man told me, you need to lead with sweat. The people that you're leading need to see you sweat. They need to see you work. They need to see you sacrifice for them. And there's two big reasons why he told me that. He said, number one, people value what you do way more than what you have to say. And I think we can all attest that. We, we, there's a word that we like to use a lot right now, which is authentic. We value that so much when, when we meet somebody, they're like, oh, they're so authentic. Or when we get that thing at the thrift shop that we were looking for, and you're like, yo, this is legit a 93 Jaguars jersey. That's crazy. This is so authentic. There's substance to it. This actually means something. People value what you do way more than you say. People that you meet, that you go, that's an authentic person. That's a person that does. That's a person that what they say match with their actions. So why is it important that you should lead with sweat, that you should lead by serving? It's because people will value more what you do than what you say. And secondly, serving others prepares you for the purpose that God has planned for you. Serving itself is the preparation that God wants you to go through to be able to serve people better. So why do we lead with sweat? What we do matters more than what we say. And serving itself will prepare us for the purpose God has for us. Let's pray and we'll break those down a little bit more. Okay? Pray with me. Julie. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for these students. Thank you for who they are. And thank you for your presence. Thank you that beyond eloquent words, thank you that beyond catchy phrases, thank you that beyond TikTok minutes, Father, your presence and your spirit is impacting hearts tonight. Holy Spirit, I thank you that these students are not the future of church. They are the church right now. I thank you, Father, that they are the hands and the feet of Jesus, that they are the ones that are setting people free, that they are the ones that are carrying your name like a torch. 
Holy Spirit, I pray that today your presence affects change in their heart, that they may reflect you more and more, that they may lead with actions, that they may lead with servitude, and that they may reflect you to all the people around them in their families, in their schools, in their jobs, in their places where they get to hang out. Holy Spirit, have your way that these students may be impacted by your presence, that I may be impacted by your presence. Holy Spirit, I am malleable to you. Have your way tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So why does this matter? Why does it matter for you to get that serving is a key part of your leadership being developed? Why are we doing a whole series on letting love lead? Why would Pastor David even ask me to step in? I feel like it's important you get this concept. Because if you don't, you, re you risk reaching a position of leadership eventually. And becoming just another one of those leaders that demands authority rather than inspire it. You risk becoming the leader of a household in which the only reason your children listen to you is because you quote-unquote said so. You risk entering into a relationship in which when people need you, when your partner needs you the most, you have nothing to offer them because you have no substance. You risk reaching some high level in life and realizing that inside you are hollow. This matters because there is nothing worse than reaching the top and realizing that you're alone. This matters because there's nothing worse than realizing that the only reason people listen to you is because of a title. This matters because whether in the future in a job or in a sports team, someone will need you to lead and they will need you to actually be a real leader, not a pretend one. This matters because someone somewhere might tell you that their parents are going through a split up and they're caught in the middle and they don't know what to do and they will need you to lead. Someone will tell you that senior year is ending soon and they can't bear the pressure of making a decision of what to do with their lives, and they feel like they're worthless, they feel like they have no future, and they will need you to lead. Somewhere, someday, you will find yourself finally making a group of friends. Finally not being alone. And those friends will begin to make decisions against what you stand. And someone will need you to lead. This matters because people depend on you. This matters because no matter where you end up in life, God has placed a purpose for you to be the leader in the situations you are in. I believe, in fact, that one of the things that you guys talk about all the time is being thermostats, not thermometers. 
is being able to affect the temperature in a room that does not happen by accident. That's why this matters. Serving teaches us to value others more than ourselves, and it gives us the practice needed to develop actual skills to lead people in times of need. This is why this matters. Whatever situation you are in, leadership is needed to help and guide and care for people. Leadership is caring for people and it teaches you to value people more than you. How many of you guys have had selfish leaders in the past? They're very common. Leaders where the only thing that matters is getting that thing done that we all need to get done so that it'll look great. How many of you guys have had selfless leaders in the past? You guys would gladly follow that person again, huh? Those people change your life. You remember them forever. I have one, I still call her boss. She was one of my first bosses when I stepped into the world of tech and like, I, I've, I've lived a million lives. I, I used to work in techs and startups and, and she was my first boss in that professional scene and to this day, I still call her boss because she led me with kindness and generosity, caring about me first before herself. Leadership is not something you're born with. It is something you shape and nothing will shape it like serving others. Leadership is not something you're born with. It is something you shape and nothing will shape it like serving others. You want to learn to lead well, whether you mean to lead or not, serve. Serving will develop you faster and further than you will ever know. This is why we got to lead with sweat. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how leadership shapes us, how leadership develops us. Because after all, remember, people value what you do way more than what you say. Words are cheap. And anyone can claim to love Jesus. Anyone can claim to be a leader. But at the end of the day, your actions will confirm whether you do or not. Why? Because actions cost. Actions can't be faked. I can tell you that I love you all at once. But until you see me at your house at 9 a.m. pumping your tire up because you got a flat, now you know for a fact, oh, this dude does love me. I can say that I care about you all I want, but if I don't pick up the phone when you need me, it's just words. Words are cheap, but actions can't be faked. This is why serving is a key part of leadership. And in fact, scripture tells us this. The book of James, chapter 2, verse 14 says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions. Could that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, 
goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. Such beautiful sentiments. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself is not enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Our faith comes alive when we serve. Our faith comes alive when a regular pattern in our life is serving people and valuing them above ourselves. In this way, leadership looks a lot more like submission than a rake or a shovel. Because we have been called to prefer the other over ourselves. Leadership looks a lot like submission to one another than picking up a rake or a shovel. Don't get me wrong. I love serve days. What you guys do in Albany is beautiful. And you guys show so much love to that community. You're truly putting your actions behind your faith. What you guys did during the All Nations Serve Day was amazing. And throughout this whole city, not just at All Nations, was beautiful. And that matters. And it's important. Do not mishear me. However, the Lord wants you to go deeper than a serve day, deeper than a photo up with a rake. The Lord wants you to go into a lifestyle of choosing the other over yourself. That is how servant leadership shapes you into looking more and more like the Lord. We begin to reflect him because we realize that faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds and is dead and useless. Because remember, people value what you do more than what you say. And that's the whole point, right? That people value it. That our leadership matters. That the words we say, the time we spend, that it matters. That it leaves an impact. Like that good leader that you remember, that you will remember there for a lifetime. Because if you can manage to show genuine love to people, they will see a glimpse of Jesus that they will never forget. You don't need to convince your friends to love the Lord you need to serve them like no one has ever served them before. You don't need to convince your parents to care about Jesus as much as you do. You need to serve them like no one has served them before. You don't need to convince your cousin or your brother that God is good. You need to serve them like no one has served them before. That is the whole Point, because serving others prepares you for the purpose that God has planned for you. In the next few verses, we see some glimpse into some Jewish history. Two, two people are highlighted in the next two verses. One is named Abraham. He was an outcast and a loner, and God charged him with starting a whole new nation that today we know as the Israelites. The other one is Rahab a sex worker that God trusted to save his people. Both of these people were crucial in God's plan. 
neither one of them were ready to quote-unquote lead. You want to know what prepared them to lead? They served. They said yes. The book of James continues, Do you not remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions? And when he offered his son Isaac on the altar, you see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. Your actions make your faith complete. And so it happened, just as the scripture said, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called a friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right by God by what we do, not by faith alone. Our faith must echo what we do. Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. She was shown to be right by God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Did you guys get that? Did you guys get that? Just as your body is dead without breath, also faith is dead without good works. Serving will help you get better at whatever it is the Lord has called you to do. Serving will activate the purpose that God has given you. And let me just be very clear to the room. Leadership. It's not just for the people that host. It's not just for the people that preach or that organize things. If you are a child of God, you are called to lead. Why is that? Because you carry great treasure that people need. So you are called to lead. You have the purpose to lead. Serving selflessly will equip you to make sure that you can do it. Lead with sweat. It will show people you care. And it will shape you into the leader God has called you to be. I have never once regretted the people that God, uh, regretted serving the people that God has called me to lead. Many 5 a.m. rides to the airport, many showing up when no one else has, I have never regretted serving them because it showed them beyond my words, but with my actions, with my sweat, sometimes literally when I help them move, <laughs> that I love them. And if I love them, perhaps maybe there is something to the words I have to say. And that when I say God loves you, perhaps there's some weight to that. I want to share with you guys a story of 19-year-old Emmanuel. And here's a picture of him. Oh, Lord. Look at the sadness in those eyes. <laughs> this is 19-year-old Emmanuel in Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> Struggling through life, man. 
I had just given my life to God about a year earlier, and I was still trying to figure out what was it that God wanted me to do with my life. I felt him call me to lead, but then I looked at everyone that was leading, and I'm like, I don't look like that. <laughs> they don't have that sadness that I do. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, I am far, far from this image of this put-together leaders that have been in Bible school since they were six, that are good, behaved people. I am, I am far from that, Lord. How in the world am I ever going to lead you? How am I, in the world am I ever going to lead anyone? I followed a man to Brooklyn, New York, that I met in Louisiana in Baton Rouge. He was one of the pastors at the church that I was interning at. And while all these pastors were living in this super bougie houses and nice neighborhoods, it was a mega church. This pastor chose to live in the middle of the hood. In a tiny apartment infested with roaches. I'm talking about infested. Like we're having breakfast and a roach is like, excuse me. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Am I in your way, bud? I'm sorry. I asked him, I'm like, Brother Justin was his name, or what we called him. I'm like, hey, yo, Brother Justin, why are you here, man? Surely you get paid at least the same as the other pastors. He was like, I do. I'm like, why are you here, man? His answer was very simple. He said, this is where the harvest is. That man showed up every time I needed him. When I needed rides, when I was doing something too hard, when I had yard work, he showed up. I saw that man walk out of his house, grab the grill of his front porch and walk it two blocks to a neighbor that had their stolen and drop it off and said, here you go, bud. You got a grill now. So when that man said, hey, dog, we're going to Brooklyn. I'm like, let's go. I'm packing my bags. So we spent time in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, and this is before Brooklyn was the hit place that it is now. Back then, Brooklyn was Brooklyn. You know what I mean? <laughs> Brooklyn was like, past 8 p.m., you're in your house. And I followed this madman all over New York City, literally preaching the gospel to anybody that would hear serving and loving people. And you want to know what I realized about this guy? That beyond him being an eloquent speaker, when he served people, they listened. The people that lived there in the hood with him, loved him, not because he was a preacher, but because he served them. So later on, when Elizabeth, my wife, and I get married, one of the first things we said to each other as we were talking about marriage, what do we want out of life? We said, we want to serve people like Brother Justin. We ended up living in the hood ourselves for many years doing practically the same thing that Brother Justin did. That man left a mark in my life that I will never forget. 
And it wasn't a leadership course. It wasn't some book that he read that he recommended to me. It wasn't his intelligence. It was his service towards others that changed me. And better yet, made his words way more. So that when he told me that this is the harvest and it is worth sinking your entire life to pursue, I believed him. And I've never regretted it. You are called to serve the people that need you. Don't you worry about a title. Don't you worry about reaching a level. Worry about serving those people, the people that God has placed around you. And you will find yourself being shaped more and more into the character of Christ that is selfless, that is loving, that is giving, that is generous. And when the, that, the time comes, what you say will matter. This is why we should lead with sweat. Let's stand to our feet. Holy Spirit, we love you and we surrender to you. Holy Spirit, I pray that today many of these young people are hearing your voice and your call to serve others. That they're not hearing a call to ambition, that they're not hearing a call to reach some weird imaginary level. That what they're hearing is a call to serve their neighbor because you love them. That what they're hearing is that their faith will be activated by willingly surrendering their life to you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're bringing revival to the places that these students are at, not because they're passionate or because they're well-versed, but because they're willing to serve and love as you do. Jesus, I pray that you change the life of these students today. That it has nothing to do with a message or a series, but it has everything to do with an encounter with the living God. Holy Spirit, wreck us. Wreck us, Lord. That we walked away changed. That we walk away impacted, modified, shaped like you. Have your way in us tonight. Let us lead with sweat and show the world that the King of Kings is worth pursuing. Have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray.